What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to welcome you on board. Our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles, is with us as well, and we're certainly pleased as we approach the last few days of December. I want to wish all of you a very happy holiday. And uh, if you're listening uh, to this show on Christmas Day, or on uh, the day after Christmas, we hope uh, you're taking a break and enjoying what we are bringing you today uh, as part of WellMed Radio. Dr. Charles is a primary care physician with WellMed Medical Management in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, she's at uh, uh, and has been at uh, this work for quite a while, and we've been co-hosting the show for a couple of years and delighted to do that. Uh, Dr. Charles is a osteopath and uh, we've talked in the past about the differences between the approach to medical practice between MDs and DOs. And Dr. Uh, Charles, for those who are just joining us who may not know, uh, what's the distinction between an MD and a doctor of osteopathy? Well, Ron, you know, most of the things that we learn that we are taught are similar. You know, we learn all about um, pathology and you know, the, the body, the anatomy. We are, in addition to everything else that is taught in medical school, um, we learn some manual medicine, which is probably the biggest distinction. I mean, it's something somewhat similar to, to chiropractic, but not exactly the same as that. And not all DOs practice their manual medicine, but it is one added um, thing that we learn that does make a distinction. I know most of us are also taught to um, look at the whole person and, um, you know, try to come at disease from a, you know, um, you know, trying to look at the whole individual to try to treat and identify disease. Uh, and your choice was to go into osteopathy. What motivated you? Well, you know, it's all about who you meet. Um, I actually had a friend whose uncle was a DO, and I got to see him at a, a family gathering where he was practicing his manual medicine skills on family members, and I thought that was just so cool. So I um, decided to look into DO school. There was only one in Texas at the time, which was up in Fort Worth at UNTHSC, but now there's two. They just opened a second osteopathic medical school here in San Antonio. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And that's the one at uh, UIW? That's right. Um, University, University of the Incarnate Word? Word. Yes. Yeah, it's a brand new school, and uh, it's been pretty popular. So, Dr. Charles, we're going to take up the topic of diabetes, and I, I know that among your patients, as well as others uh, who are in primary medicine, you see a whole lot of folks with diabetes. Dr. Preeti Vyas joins us. She is a physician at the Wellmet at Terrell Clinic in Terrell, Texas, not far from Dallas. 
earned her medical degree from BJ Medical School in Guarte, India, completed her residency in internal medicine and fellowship in cardiology at Cabrini Medical Center, affiliated with the New York Medical College. She's board certified in internal medicine. And Dr. Vias, thank you for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. And as you thought about of all the things that you do and of all the topics we could have talked about, uh, why is diabetes uh, of such interest to you? Well, diabetes is such a common disease in U.S., especially with the increasing number of obesity. And it has such a far-reaching consequences uh, if it is left uncontrolled. Uh, and even when it is well controlled, this uh, patients still end up having complications from diabetes. So it is very important to maintain a good control uh, and uh, prevent the risk uh, risk factors and prevent the consequences that happens with the uncontrolled diabetes. So give us the 411 on diabetes. We we know that uh, everybody knows a little bit, which means we don't know anything, but everybody knows there's type 1 juvenile onset diabetes and uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, what are they and, and what are the factors that uh, can cause someone to develop diabetes? Okay, so uh, type 1 diabetes, let's talk about type 1 diabetes. It is not as common as type 2. Uh, type 1 diabetes is, uh, another name is also insulin dependent, meaning people with type 1 diabetes have very little, if at all, any insulin production in the body. And insulin is the uh, hormone that's uh, produced in pancreas. So when there is a damage to the pancreas, either by autoimmune or by any other uh, reasons, then pancreas loses its ability to make uh, insulin, which in effect uh, regulates the blood sugar levels uh, and utilization of glucose in the body. So type 1 diabetes is uh, very co uh, commonly diagnosed in people under age 20. And usually it is associated with uh, autoimmune damage to the pancreas. Now, and those those are the patients who need insulin. They are unable to go without insulin. Um, uh, and it affects their life very significantly in the lifestyle, uh, eating, food management, exercise, all sorts of uh, uh, activity of the daily life. Now, I've got a good friend who was diagnosed with juvenile diabetes. Now, she's in her 70s, has done really well. Uh, and that's more common today than it used to be. But technology has played a big role uh, with insulin pumps and other ways uh, to provide the flow of insulin, as well as measuring blood sugar levels. Uh, that's helped a lot of patients, has it not? Yes, insulin pump, as well as the newest sensors, where you don't have to stick your finger Every time you want to check the blood sugar, the new uh, sensors that can continuously monitor the blood sugar and all you have to use is a wand to pull, to place on the sensor and see the numbers of what the sugar is running. 
So that has also made a big difference in uh, uh, controlling the blood sugar. And um, yes, that has, both those things have made a big difference in the prognosis for the juvenile diabetics. Now, if there's a type one diabetes, that means it's probably a type two. Yes, type two diabetes is mostly adult onset. Um, and those uh, are related to uh, obesity. Although many people have type two diabetes, not related to obesity, they may be maintaining the weight, but somehow the, the pancreas is not making enough insulin uh, to regulate the blood sugar. So those uh, people need to uh, monitor their diet. And though uh, the adult onset diabetes can also be treated with medications, oral medications, which can help uh, either increase the production of pancreatic insulin or uh, improve the sensitivity of the receptors that interact with insulin and make it more efficient. Um, let, let me let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we're talking on the WellMed Radio hotline from Terrell, Texas, at the WellMed Clinic at Terrell, uh, with Dr. Preeti Vyas, who is a primary care physician certified in internal medicine. And we're talking about diabetes, both type 1 and type 2. Uh, how do you know you have diabetes, uh, whether it's type 1 or type 2, uh, are, are there symptoms that folks should be aware of? Okay, so type 1 diabetic patients would come up with symptoms. Usually type 2 diabetes is very subtle and not too many people have symptoms. So nor, usual symptoms are uh, going to the bathroom to pee frequently, uh, being thirsty very often, and drink. Uh, needing to consume a lot more water than normal or usual. Sometimes people have fatigue. Uh, they just feel extremely fatigued because they cannot utilize the sugar or glucose in an optimum way. Uh, sometimes they have tingling and numbness in the fingers or, and feet, uh, which is a sign of neuropathy related to diabetes um, and or blurring of the vision. Uh, and quite often when, when the diagnosis of diabetes is established and the glucose is controlled, sometimes these uh, symptoms do resolve, uh, but it needs to be controlled. Now, what is neuropathy? Neuropathy is the uh, effect of diabetes on the uh, peripheral nerves, uh, and that effect is through the microcirculation. Uh, in the nerves. So diabetes has widespread effect on microcirculation, which is a small, very small blood vessels that can be present in the nerves, uh, in the kidneys, in the uh, brain. Uh, so when those blood vessels are affected, the circulation is affected to those regions and they start malfunctioning, more or less. And Dr. Charles, as you listen to this, uh, you're agreeing with what she's saying. Uh, you're pointing at your eyes, so obviously there are eye problems as well. 
Right. So uh, another potential complication is retinopathy in the eyes where, you know, again, another area where we have the, the smallest little blood vessels and that's where we tend to get effects from the diabetes, you know, like she said, in the, in the nerves of the feet, in the kidneys, and then vision can be affected um, from inflammation in the retina, which is, um, you know, in the back of the eye. So, And, and uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Prius, for, for those who uh, have diabetes, let's say type 2 diabetes, uh, you said there aren't really a lot of symptoms that they may be aware of. How are they diagnosed? Usually, um, it is diagnosed with a blood test, and it is important to get periodic blood tests. Um, the fasting blood sugar, uh, more than 100, and or uh, three months average blood sugar that we check with A1C, uh, which is if it is more than 6.4, then it is a diabetic. And that A1C blood test, and I see Dr. Charles shaking her head, yes, that's done. Uh, certainly in, in a primary care medicine, frequently with patients to be sure that it's monitored. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Stick with us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline with Dr. Preeti Vias, who's at WellMed at Terrell Clinic up in Terrell, Texas, near Dallas. Thank you for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. WellMed is a homegrown Texas healthcare provider. During the Medicare annual enrollment period, be sure to pick a plan that includes WellMed for care focused on you. Visit WellMed, find a doctor.com slash radio three or call 210-675-8189. Calling this number connects to Simply Enroll, license number 2623676, a licensed insurance agency that explains Medicare Advantage and Medicare supplemental insurance drug options to Medicare enrollees. Thank you so much for sticking with us right here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And on our WellMed Radio hotline from Terrell, Texas, at the WellMed at Terrell Clinic, we're talking with Dr. Preeti Vyas, who is certified, board certified in internal medicine. And we're talking about uh, diabetes. And we were uh, just talking about the A1C blood test, uh, which you had said, doctor, uh, provides a three-month average. Uh, and, and I gather it's it's a really important marker uh, that folks should be aware of? Yes, it is very important marker for uh, measuring the control uh, and regulation of the diabetes and the insulin um, supplies. Um, also, it is a marker for uh, um, predicting the control, whether uh, the side effects or, or the risk uh, of the uncontrolled diabetes is going to affect. Uh, it is a good predictor uh, to check the control of the blood sugar. Now, I've heard some people say that uh, their doctor told them they were pre-diabetic. What does that mean? Yes. So when the blood sugar is high uh, and staying high, but not high enough to, uh, to justify making a diagnosis of diabetes, um, so the A1C between 5.6 and 6.4 is a 
pre-diabetic or also the fasting blood sugar and the postprandial blood sugar staying high, but not high enough, uh, more than 160 or so, then it is called pre-diabetic. And pre-diabetes is a stage uh, before the diabetes uh, starts. So at the, at the stage of pre-diabetes, if someone starts taking things uh, in a, uh, seriously, uh, exercising, watching diet, changing the diet around, um, uh, they can even go back down to normal and may not develop diabetes. Uh, but once somebody is, has developed diabetes, it is not a curable type of condition. It's managed. Right. It can be controlled. but It can it, be controlled and it no. can be managed. Yes. As you talk about the, the pre uh, diabetes uh, situation. Uh, I had a personal experience. My PCP uh, at WellMed, I went in for my regular appointment and he had sitting on the exam table, a blood glucose monitor. It was just sitting there. And he started talking to me and we're talking and talking. And he said, uh, do you know what that is? Pointing at the monitor. I said, well, I don't have one, but I, I believe it's a blood glucose monitor that folks with diabetes use. He said, yes. And you're going to need one if you don't do something about your blood sugar level. Ooh, Boy, did that, that get my attention. <laughs> That's a good trick. I might need to start doing that. Well, I'll tell you what, it really worked. I was borderline. My A1C, uh, you know, was ringing little bells. Uh, and knock wood, uh, <laughs> I got the message. Absolutely. That's great, yeah. Ron. Yeah, we do see a lot of folks in that pre-diabetic range. And that's really where you want to, you know, identify that, which is why we do the screening tests. Like usually with WellMed, we'll do it at least once a year where we'll check that A1C. And those are the patients that, you know, if you make some changes, you can prevent it. You can actually avoid getting the diabetes diagnosis if you, you know, put some effort into it. And um, and prevention really is the reason why we screen, so that we can guide people towards preventing diabetes. And Dr. Vias, we, we touched briefly on the various parts of your body that can be affected by diabetes. But, but let's talk in, in more detail about the things that can happen to you. And I can start uh, with an example of a good friend who works in radio uh, who has diabetes, had diabetes, still has it, wasn't managing it. Uh, and he ended up with a leg amputation. Uh, since then, he's had, uh, uh, he developed blindness in one eye, uh, threatened with retinopathy and blindness in his other eye uh, for one very good reason. He simply let it go year after year after year, and it caused, obviously, serious problems. San Antonio leads the nation, by the way, in the number of diabetes-related amputations. Nothing to be proud of. What else can happen, Dr. Prius? Yes. So that is why diabetes is called a silent killer, because people do not feel that the blood sugar is high. Uh, and that is unfortunate. Uh, some people do. And those are the fortunate people who can feel when the blood sugar is high, just in the same way, like a blood pressure, uh, that people don't feel it high. Uh, and they, when they don't feel it high, they don't want to do anything about it because mm -hmm. it doesn't affect uh, their day-to-day -day life. They don't, it does not affect how they feel, whether they feel sick or whatnot. So fact, they, 
some people uh, actually feel worse when we start the medication at the beginning. Like it takes a minute for their body to get used to having normal blood sugars again. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, Dr. Charles. That's important to know. So when you start the medication, uh, which is designed to bring your blood sugar back in control, uh, you don't feel right. It can happen that way, um, especially if the person has been uncontrolled for an extended period of time. Wow. The, interesting because it adjusts. It gets used to that higher blood sugar. And then when we start you know, changing the diet and changing and adding the medications, sometimes they feel like their sugar is low, even though they're at normal levels. Mm. So, um, which is another challenge that we will often face. Yes, and talk indeed, to me about other issues. Go ahead, doctor. Indeed, it is a challenge. Uh, and in some patients, they do come back complaining that my blood sugar is too low, when it really is in a good range. Uh, yes. Uh, but when many more patients start feeling much better once you start the medications. Uh, when the sugar starts coming down, they have a lot more energy. Uh, they uh, feel a whole lot better. And some of the, but medications do come with sometimes with side effects too. That sometimes some medications cause uh, diarrhea, so they don't want to take those. And it's always a good idea to discuss with the doctor so that you can avoid the side effects and use the right medicine that it could be right for the patient. Uh, you so had mentioned, a, I'm sorry, yeah, you mentioned ahead. diet uh, early on. What is it you're looking for uh, for a person with diabetes? And I'm assuming it's a healthy diet and most of us ought to follow anyhow. Yes, with the diet, one needs to avoid the refined sugars uh, and refined carbohydrates. So anything that is with a whole grain, which is a lot better than refined flowers, more or less, yes. Or the, the glycemic index of the food, high starch food like potatoes and rice. One can eat those in a small amount if it's in moderation uh, in combination with the other proteins so that the digestion can be delayed and absorption can be over a longer period of time and the blood sugar does not peak uh, as quickly if it was ingested just by itself. That's a great line in moderation, <laughs> Dr. Charles. It's like the Lay's potato chip ad, I'll bet you can't eat just one. Exactly. And right. most, you know, the, the standard American diet, you know, tends to have a lot of carbohydrate. Whether you're looking at um, like American food, burgers, fries, um, Italian food, pastas, pizzas, Mexican food, rice, beans, tortillas, every single, um, you know, one of those diets tends to be pretty rich in the carbohydrates. And it's not that you can't have carbohydrates, you just need to try to aim for the more complex, like Dr. Vias was saying, and or um, limit the, the amounts, you know, um, veggies. We really try to push people to have more salads and fresh vegetables and colorful plates with lots of different colored vegetables are good. Um, you know, your peppers and your, um, you know, the lettuce and the dark, you know, greens like the kale. Those are so, so healthy for us. And broccoli. I love broccoli. Yes. Broccoli too. 
Now I'm laughing because you go into a barbecue restaurant, you order barbecue, uh, and many places they'll hand you like a half a loaf of white bread. Here, enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty yep. standard around here in yep. San Antonio. <laughs> and it, it, it's something, do you offer classes uh, so that people can uh, change the way they eat? Because most of us, when, when you say, well, you need to eat better, have no idea what that means. Yes. So Dr. Villas, well, Go yeah, ahead. One should one should discuss with a dietitian, and WellMed does have dietitians um, who can give diet diet education, diabetic education. What happens with the sugar? What what kind of diet one should take? What kind of physical activity one should engage in? Uh, because um, ultimately, diet and exercise those are the two main pillars for the pre-diabetes as well as diabetes. And then comes medication. Now, before we let you go, we've got about 30 seconds left. Can you prevent type 1 or type 2 diabetes? Can you prevent ever getting it? Type 1 diabetes may not be uh, preventable uh, because we really do not know exactly what causes it. And there are a multitude of reasons that happens. Type 2 diabetes can be prevented. But again, the, the risk factors are the... Uh, uh, genetics, if you're born with certain genes, and if that is what is going to lead, right. you can manage it very well. Um, exercise, certain medications can cause diabetes like steroids, mm. uh, and those can be avoided. There's another uh, risk uh, that happens with uncontrolled diabetes in these days is uh, uh, reduced immunity. Your immune, immunity goes down. And that makes you a lot more susceptible to get COVID or any other infections uh, when the diabetes is left uncontrolled. I got to stop so, you right there. We are flat out of time. We really, really appreciate you joining us. And uh, thank you for the work you're doing, Wilma, at the Terrell Clinic. Thank you, Dr. Preeti Vyas, for joining us on Wilma Radio. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Have a great day, everybody. And thanks for listening to Wilma Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.